I remember calling my mom from the student center on the payphone crying because I was actually doing really well in the comm design program, but all I wanted to do was be in the dark room. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Making Ways, the podcast all about the unexpected paths to a creative career. Today, we've got an incredible guest. We've got Tara Dane, who is a lifestyle and travel photographer. She is an old friend of mine. Her work has appeared in countless magazines and books, and she travels across the globe, capturing amazing images and scenes that make you think they're just moments in time, but actually are very well manicured and created, and there's so much planning and work that goes into her art and her craft. And I'm so excited to share her story with you. She studied graphic design in college, then eventually moved into photography. And her path to becoming a photographer started with her being a photo editor at magazines. And she eventually got tired of sitting behind the desk and made her way out into the world. So I'm really excited to share her story with you all. Our sponsor for today's show is General Assembly. Check out General Assembly. You can go to their website at ga.co, and they've got classes in design and marketing and data science. And if you use the offer code MAKINGWAYS at checkout, you'll get 15% off any workshop or class. So let's get started and listen to the conversation with Tara. Tara, welcome to the show. Hi, Rob. We have known each other for many years. More years than we're probably willing to acknowledge at this point. Yeah, let's just say it's been two years, two (laughs) two amazing years, Um, dating back to our times at Syracuse, Mm -hmm. and we're recording today in Brooklyn, which is where you live nowadays. So when we catch up, and I'm following you on Instagram, and I know all your adventures as a photographer, it really seems like a dream job. You get to travel around the world and meet interesting people and photograph amazing settings. Um, Where was the last place that you you adventured to? The last place that I went to was Bermuda a couple of weeks ago. And it was actually quite cold. And I had about five hours of sunshine (laughs) on a three and a half day trip. You're ruining this like majestic, like um, beautiful image I have of you vacationing slash Working. Which means that my Instagram account is working. It's doing its job. (laughs) Um, No, I mean, travel jobs are really amazing. And it's really fun for me to get to show up in a place and maybe have read the writer's piece before. Maybe it hasn't been finished. And I'm kind of just picking up on a shot list. But like, getting dropped into a place and trying to figure out what the story is telling the story that um, by the list that I've been given of things to shoot, but also to like drop right into a perspective as quickly as I can and figure out how I'm adding to that story. But oftentimes it, it can be stressful. Yes, we're in this beautiful location and it's really, really fun and I get to experience things that I wouldn't necessarily be experiencing as a tourist because I have more access and really quick access to interesting people and interesting things and stuff that would take a, a lot more digging and time on the ground if I was there on my own on vacation, for example. But um, a lot of the time in an unideal weather situation or I don't have as much time as I would like to have in a place to maybe dig a little bit deeper. And so like for this story that I just shot in Bermuda for Garden and Gun magazine, 
I had about five hours of really good sunshine on a three and a half day trip. And so I hired a taxi because you cannot rent a car if you're not a local there, which I discovered the day before I left. And um, for $500, hired a taxi for nine hours to drive around the island and get everything I needed to get on my shot list and literally shot the majority of the story in the five hours of really beautiful weather and light that I had. So a lot of, of shooting a travel story for me is planning and replanning and checking the weather, sort of just going back over the shot list and back over the map and kind of and, and rejiggering everything multiple times with my assistant or by myself. Are you usually working with people or is it food or scenes? So for travel stories, it's always a mix of all those things. So interiors, maybe some still life details, food, portraits, people doing things, um, hotel interiors, exteriors, landscapes, all of the things that that come together to tell a story and make you want to visit a place. And so you're living in the city now, but you grew up in Connecticut. Yes. And I know you grew up around a big family, loving family, lots of food. Your, so much food. Yeah. Yes. Your mom and your grandma ran a restaurant. They had a restaurant when I was growing up. My parents met because my dad was the a purveyor um, to their restaurant. So my life definitely comes out of food, <laughs> literally. Right, right. Like I see so much of that in your work today. It's kind of amazing just knowing your backstory a little bit in your family. I kind of look at your pictures and I see these memories of your, your past. Do you ever make that connection of, wow, this is how I grew up and this is coming through a lot in my work? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that it was inevitable, perhaps, for me to have something to do with food. But when I was growing up, my mom just sort of insistently kept telling me I wasn't allowed to be a server and I wasn't allowed to work in restaurants. And so I have no experience in that at all. Um, and I, I've always really loved food, I'm sure, because everyone in my family really loves food. And I just grew up sort of celebrating it so much. But um I think there were moments when I was younger where I thought it would be cool to have a restaurant or something, and they basically made it very clear to me that that was not a good lifestyle um, because it was, you know, too much work all the time working on holidays, which is basically <laughs> what freelance is like. <laughs> but yeah, my family's life and mine on my own definitely revolve around eating and sharing time at the table and cooking together, and. I for sure feel like that was a lot of where my interest came from in, in the subject matter that I shoot and also sort of how I make it make sense to myself that I am offering something to people beyond like a, a commercial photography. And growing up, I mean, you were into art, you were into photography. So you had your mom telling you like, you can't go into this business that we're in. Yeah. So figure out so something So funny. Else. My mom told me, do not have anything to do with restaurants but she never said anything like don't draw or paint or take photos or be creative I mean in high school were you thinking about a career as a, a creative person or were you thinking something more traditional I honestly don't know w exactly what I was thinking in high school so here's what I know I was super obsessed with magazines when I was growing up I had a subscription to 17, which I think I still have all of in my mom's basement. And I was just really into 
the advertisements and the fashion and the models and, and just faces. And so I would draw stuff that was in the magazines. So like my sketchbook from seventh grade is like Christy Turlington and in a like fragrance ad and Nikki Taylor, like the cover of 17. So there was something in there that I was attracted to the whole time. And I think magazines, glossy pages, typography, the co- like the combination of type and images has always been something that I really love. So, um, so you're, so you're doing drawing, you're taking photos, you're like doing everything, um, that a young person can do academically and creatively. And then you decide to go to Syracuse and what do you study? So, well, freshman year, we have foundations at Syracuse, right? So you're studying everything, drawing, painting, 2D design, sculpture, art history, all of that stuff. And then sophomore year, you choose your major. So I started in comm design. Right. Which is like, I, I don't know. It's not the drawing. It's not the painting. It's not photography. But I guess it is. Obviously, it's tied into the magazine design and the layout that you said that you loved. Is that- Yeah. And I think it's sort of where images and graphic design come together. That is still something that I really love. And it is part of what I do now. I just do specifically the photography but when I'm shooting for clients most of the time we're shooting if the cli- if I'm on set with clients we're shooting to a layout and we're thinking about type space so and then a lot of the time most of the time when I see something come out and I see my images with type over them it makes me so happy like I feel like they're even better is that the case when you see your photography more in the context of a of a design does that feel more complete to you yeah it actually does which I I guess is maybe part of why I'm not an art photographer. (laughs) I love the creative problem-solving aspect of my job. I think I like working as a team with stylists and with the art director and kind of creating something that's bigger than what I would do on my own. When did you make the switch in college from comm design to photography? Pretty quickly. (laughs) What was the moment when you were like, what am I doing? I got to switch. I remember being in the Shine Student Center and calling my mom on the payphone because we didn't have cell phones yet. And in just, my day. <laughs> um, calling my mom from the student center on the payphone, crying because I was actually doing really well in the comm design program, but all I wanted to do was be in the dark room, which is a little bit funny to say right now because I'm never in a dark room. So I was taking all of the photography major classes as electives sort of because I was interested in it. And in case I wanted to switch over to photography, it wouldn't be a problem at all. And so that's what I ended up doing. Now it starts to make sense that your first job out of college is kind of bringing together design and photography as a photo editor. Yeah. So, I mean... I was super obsessed with Martha Stewart Living and Real Simple magazines when I was in college. And I remember buying them at Wegmans, our favorite grocery store. Love Wegmans. In central New York and other parts. So I I think I was into the design and I was into the subject matter because it was food and crafts and organizing and home stuff, which most people in their late teens are really into, right? (laughs) Sure. So my first job out of college was actually a freelance job at Martha Stewart, and I was an editorial assistant. And it's 
it's really amazing how I got that job because it's sort of by accident. And it's somewhat hilarious to think how that was the first door that was opened for me that literally made the rest of my career happen in like a domino effect, a good domino effect. Um, so there was this guy that I dated in college whose friend was in Newhouse and he was a graphic design major in Newhouse and Newhouse was a much more sort of career oriented, um, school within Syracuse university that had some of the same majors as the art school did. So they had graphic design and photography, but they were very different programs. So this friend that I'd met had a business card of the photo editor at Martha Stewart living from a field trip, essentially, that his class in Newhouse had taken to New York City to meet with people. So he shared it with me. And as you'll do when you graduate college and you're feeling scared and desperate, you're emailing, cold calling, whatever, everybody that you've ever known and any contact that they might have. So I wrote to the photo editor at Martha Stewart and he responded to me and I basically came to the city from my mom's house on Metro North to meet with the photo editor about an internship that was going to be unpaid. I was on my way to the city and I got a call from Human Resources and she said, I'm so sorry. I know you're on your way down here. We can't offer you an unpaid internship. We can't offer unpaid internships. Um, so she said, just come in. I know you're on your way and we have maybe we have some freelance stuff that you could do. We'll talk about it. So... I came and I met with her and they had an editorial assistant position that was freelance in the books department. So like cookbooks and all the things that Martha Stewart books would do. And I ended up getting this freelance job as an editorial assistant, which involved copy editing recipes, which I had no experience in. And then just more organizing things like pulling images from the archive that would be repurposed into a book, things like that. So there was like, I was touching photography, which was really nice. And I was working at a place that I was completely obsessed with overall. So yeah, you had your foot in the door, which is really the most important thing is just getting anything started, like just making, having, having a first step anywhere. And then stuff just comes from it. Cause you meet people, you learn things, you know? So you're in there, you're editing copy, which is nowhere near anything that you studied or wanted to do, but you're in the right place. No, but I'm into food, right? So, and I've been cooking and getting better at cooking and I've been reading recipes and I have someone teach me how to copy edit a recipe and it's pretty straightforward. So that was really interesting and fun to me. And to be honest, I, I actually use that skill now if I make blog posts and stuff like that. So I did that, um, for about six or seven months. What came out of working there was an opportunity to meet with a new photo editor who had come in and replaced the guy that I'd originally met with. Um, and that was Stacey McCormick, who was kind of like my fairy godmother of, of jobs. And so I met with Stacey. We really hit it off. And then I ended up taking another job after that freelance gig was up at HarperCollins at Morrow Cookbooks as an editorial assistant. So now that I had all of this great experience copy editing recipes, I was basically doing similar stuff, writing flap copy, logging in the film when it would come from the photographers, working for the editor there as her assistant. But then I, a while into that job, Stacy called me and said, I have an assistant photo editor position here in merchandising, working on the catalog and um, signage and packaging and stuff for when Martha had a Kmart brand. 
So, so everyone everyone was aware that you wanted to move into the photo department. Yes. And and Stacy basically called me and said, do you want this job? Which, of course, I wanted. So that only took a little over a year to get into that role. And so then I worked there for maybe a year and a half. And then I moved to Real Simple Magazine doing photo editing. And then after that, I went to Domino at Condé Nast. Are you looking to make a change in your career? Are you looking to maybe just try something new, something that's been itching you, a skill that you've wanted to cultivate? Well, you guys should check out General Assembly. General Assembly is a continuing ed organization. They've got campuses all across the country, all across the globe, and you can take classes in design, in learning how to code, in data science, in digital marketing, so much there. And they're a great group of people. They even give you help when you're looking to get a new job and move into a new career. They help you transition and meet the people you need to meet in order to get that job. So check out General Assembly at ga.co. If you want to take a class or a workshop there, we've got a special offer for Making Ways listeners. If you plug in the code MAKINGWAYS at checkout, you'll get 15% off any workshop or class. So check out GA.co and let me know what you think. Okay, let's get back to the show. Working as a photo editor, you're hiring photographers, you're directing these shoots, and you're seeing all this great work come through your desk. So at what point did you say to yourself, why am I sitting behind this desk and looking at a screen? I want to be out there. I want to be shooting. I think it was a combination of things First of all, getting film back from people getting to travel places and do location shoots kind of makes you not want to be at a desk. Also, my last job at Domino was super production heavy. So in photo editing, you're producing the shoots. So you're, you know, like you're hiring everybody, you're booking everyone's flights. You're basically like a glorified travel agent as part of your job, which... As a photo editor. Yeah. I mean, things have changed a little bit where... Um, staff is is smaller at all of these places, and now a lot of the time I'm booking my own travel. Um, so you thought it was but bad back before. in the yeah, back in the day, I was booking everyone's travel, and you know I'm booking locations, I'm hiring stylists, so I'm reviewing portfolios, I'm I'm doing all different kinds of things. But a lot of it was super super production heavy, and it was the least favorite part. As much as I love a spreadsheet and organizing things, it it just was not super creative and not as fun for me as it was at my jobs prior to that. So, so did that did that give you the push? The the other thing was there was there was one art director that I worked with at Real Simple who had looked at a bunch of stuff that I'd shot on vacation with my mom and she was kind of like you should be shooting, you know, what are you doing in the office? So all of this stuff in combination kind of made me start working on a portfolio and sort of couldn't wait to change but so the thing the catalyst really was that I got into the PDN 30 which is like the 30 photographers to watch for the year in photo district news magazine it's kind of it's kind of a big deal and how did you get into that so you have to enter okay and you have to be recommended and so my my dear boss Stacy who was my boss at Domino so basically I'm saying she was my sort of fairy godmother in a work way because she'd hired me at Real Simple, or sorry, at Martha. I left and went to Real Simple, and then she went to Domino, and she needed someone under her, so then she took me there. So um, so then I wanted to apply for PDN30, and she wrote the recommendation, and like, 
you know, recommended me for that for wow. that contest, essentially. And I got in. And so then I thought, OK, well, Arlo, our other friend from college, can you quick build me a website? And hey, I guess I'm a photographer now because this says that I am. So I quit my job. You got into this like competition, really, yeah, exclusive competition. And you hadn't shot professionally yet? No. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So that was kind of a signal that maybe like, yeah, you you have to do this. Yeah. I mean, I kind of felt like it was now or never and that people were going to see that and I couldn't be unavailable. I couldn't be at a desk job. I had to be a freelancer who was available to take photo assignments. So I quit. In March of 2006, I left and I went to Argentina for three or four weeks on, you know, like a personal trip with a friend and then came back and started getting some assignments from other people that I'd worked with before. So from art directors and other photo department people that I'd worked with at the magazines that I'd been at or they had moved to new places. Do you remember your first big shoot where there was a lot riding on it and it was maybe it was costly or as far away? And I think the fact happened? that anybody hired me to do anything felt like there was a lot riding on it. I, I started shooting a lot for Cookie Magazine, which was being published by Condé Nast, and it's no longer, but it was super beautiful. So they gave me a few different assignments, and they kept kind of being increasingly interesting and big. And um, one of the best ones that I did was following this family on an RV road trip through California, where it was very free and of an assignment and I kind of just was meant to follow them around and just take like document their trip and that was pretty great. And now commercial clients and magazines they hire you for this really authentic, honest, beautiful imagery of what is happening in real life. Though maybe some of it is set up for the shot. It comes most of it is set up for right. the shot. Well, kudos to you because it comes through I think in the work as um as a moment in time and a moment in people's lives. But I'm curious because these clients must have really strict or specific ideas about what they want to see. And they know your work and they know what to expect. But how do you marry the kind of aesthetic that you bring with your photography with a really specific need from a client? It's really interesting. I mean, you know, before in the bidding process, if you get the job, there's pre-pro conversations and there's a lot of conversation that's very specific about what people want things to look like. And right now there's a huge interest in having things feel real and accessible and organic and in the moment and like real life. This is what agencies are telling clients, the feeling of their lifestyle, food, whatever imagery needs to feel like. And clients might have been used to a much tighter kind of style. So they think they agree with it. They think that's what they want. And it's a it's a very sort of refined conversation to dig out what people really mean when they're saying real, loose, lived in, all of these words that I'm saying and hearing and giving back to people on a daily basis. So I have to, sh in the pre-production and then when I show up on set again, I sort of have to really try to pull out of them what they mean because there's a lot of loose usage of language. So I, part of my job is to have conversations to really understand what they think those words mean 
because it might be a, a lot of words might be different to me than they are to the client or to the creative director even. I'm curious about what drives you like in these experiences and on these trips and when you have to set up a shoot, what kind of creative fulfillment do you draw and inspiration do you draw from the work? I think a lot of the time it can be not creatively fulfilling, but what I've come to realize over the 11 years that I've been doing this is that I get a lot of satisfaction from creative problem solving. And I think maybe it's very unromantic to say, but that really is my job. Um, coupled with a lot of logistics and management of people and personalities and dynamics. So I kind of love that. Like I love all of the different players that are on set and everyone's different roles. And I love considering who I think is the perfect fit for the prop stylist, the wardrobe, the food stylist, just based on what the art direction is, because it's really nuanced. And that's really fun for me to, to figure out aesthetically who's the perfect fit and then also whose personality is going to work in the situation because it's different. And what about your team? Do you always have an assistant with you? Do you have like a studio staff? So I have a part-time studio assistant who does a lot of office -y kind of things for me because the real deal is that probably 80% of my job is business-oriented as opposed to creative and photographic. Um, and then I have a great roster of freelance photo assistants and digital techs and a DP and all of the stylists and all of the different crew members. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't have any full-time employees or anything. And, um, I have a bookkeeper who's freelance. I have a, a couple, maybe three different retouchers who I work with. So there's a, there's like a great network of people who I call on to do their jobs that they're better at than me, which is one of the bigger lessons I've learned in business life. <laughs> And I know you are really into music and you grew up really into theater. I want to hear about some of the motion work that you're doing now because I've seen you start to direct and I'd love to learn more about what you're getting into these days. Yeah, getting into motion has been really fun, though I have to admit that in the beginning, which was maybe like five years ago, I was dragging my heels a little bit about it and that's interesting because I feel like stuff that you're sort of afraid of doing is the stuff that you should be pushing yourself to do so that you're not being complacent and boring. So you you were kind of afraid about touching it. And so how did you break through? Yeah, I for some reason, I just thought, I don't know about time-based media. I never studied this, which I'm kind of over that whole concept of not having studied something because no one studies anything anymore. They just do stuff. <laughs> So I decided I should just do it. And I actually felt like I really needed to because it's definitely a, a storytelling component that obviously is super pervasive and just part of creating content for people now. Tara, thank you so much for joining today. I really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, that was the conversation with Tara Donne. Such a great friend and great photographer. It was really a pleasure to chat with her in my old hometown of Brooklyn, where actually my grandfather was born and raised. So it was really fun to be back there and recording in Jim Heffernan's studio there. 
If you enjoyed the conversation with Tara, definitely check out her work at taradone.com. That's T-A-R-A-D-O-N-N-E.com. Special thanks to our sponsor, General Assembly. Check out General Assembly at ga.co and use the offer code MAKINGWAYS at checkout and you'll get 15% off any workshop or class. Big thanks to our listeners out there. I'm hearing from more and more of you every week. If you like what you're hearing on Making Ways, please leave us a review on iTunes. It's a really great way for more people to discover the show. Making Ways is engineered by Jim Heffernan at TTO Productions. And our intro music is by The Sandworms. And we've got some music from Jim Heffernan in the mix, too. Every week, I do an illustration and a story that goes beyond the episode, and that's available on makingways.co. You can also follow the story on Twitter at making underscore ways. We're on Facebook, and we're also on Instagram at making.ways, so follow along there. And if you guys have suggestions or you want to reach out to me, just drop me a line at rob at makingways.co. Okay, everybody, have a great week.